This is the Athletic Football Show. The Athletic Football Show is presented by State Farm. Because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get a quote today. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today's Friday, January 21st. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend, Nate Tyson. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. I'm on, I'm on the road right now recording these, but I'm uh, like super excited. I I feel like last year when we talked about this, these divisional games, it was like when we really like found a groove, like just uh, like the show, like it was like, oh my God, playoffs are, playoff football is freaking exciting. Like, cause now it's, it's 17, well now 18 weeks, 17 games of like build up and like narratives, ups and downs. And then it's like, so a lot of this stuff is really funny. Cause like I was writing notes and it's like, man, I feel like I've said a lot of this like 15 times before because, hey, these are what these teams are. Now we're in the playoffs. I love being able to watch one game at a time. It's just amazing to be able to it's focus so on fun. one game at a time. It's my favorite thing. This is my favorite weekend of the year, sports-wise. I'm sad that I won't be able to watch the Packers game live. My friend, So just so That's- you guys know, we will not have a Saturday review recap show like we did last week. Uh, one of my friends, best friends of like 25 years is getting married. Uh, when people are there for you in your life, you should be there for them. So I will be at his wedding. I will be watching that game on Sunday morning or, or late on Saturday night into Sunday morning before I go to Kansas City for the game. But typically, this is my favorite weekend of the year. It still is. Sunday is going to be it an amazing yes. day of watching live football games. Oh, I know. That's going to be – I'm jealous. And you're all kinked up, too, for like a kinked up hose from last week, you know, got taken away from you. So you're like, yeah, you're going to splurge on this trip. I am absolutely ready. So we'll be talking about that game on another show later today. So guys, be on the lookout for that. We're doing two shows just for recording reasons and other reasons. We're going to do a Saturday show. We're going to do a Sunday show. This one, the Saturday games. We're breaking down both Saturday games in depth, in detail. This is really fun because the preview show just stays the same, but the number of games shrinks. So all that matters is, and all we ha- that happens is, we just get to go deeper and deeper onto the games that actually matter, and that's my yes. favorite thing about this. So let's get started. Bengals at Titans. A really interesting game, kind of a strange game, but it yeah. doesn't make it less compelling to me, right? You know, we've heard so much this week and over the last couple of weeks about how the Titans had the worst regular season DVOA of any number one seed in the stats history. Which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that was banged up at times this year. You know, they're not necessarily the same type of team we would typically ascribe to being the top seed at getting the bye in any given year. But if, and you look at things like AV and WAR, their injuries weren't necessarily as impactful as it might seem. But this is still a team that was banged up all season and is the healthiest really they've ever been coming into this game. When you consider some of the offensive line injuries they were getting over early in the season. Yeah, and the fact that they even like were winning games with playing receivers whose names I still don't know, uh, like that was like remarkable. Westbrook, <laughs> there, there, there's a couple I've learned, but you know, there's a couple I was, I'm still like, who's that guy that played in like week 12 for the Titans? Yeah, but that's what the fact that they were like putting Deontay Foreman was getting like huge, huge carries, and it's just like. Those things add up. Like it's really hard. You can get through a week when you're banged up. Okay, we can put together this game plan and just really, you know, hodgepodge it. But when it becomes two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it can be very exhausting. And the fact and it that wasn't even on, just it wasn't an extended absence from people. A guy would be out was, one week and then in another week yep. and then in and out. And it's just they were having to constantly figure out who they were on a week to week basis, which was a bummer. Yes. 
Yes, that's exactly. I know it was like, okay, all right, AJ Brown's back. Okay, but he came back for a week. Okay, well then Julio, I think, is practicing this week. Oh, he's got a hamstring again. Okay, but then offensive line, you know, it's just which offensive exactly lineman are playing this week? Uh, and watching, so like watching them, like especially for the playoff stuff, you're, you're trying to focus on late season and maybe matchups that you know correlate with who they're playing against. And for the Titans, it was like. I'm just going to watch the last couple of weeks. Like yeah. it was all the stuff they did before it was, you know, it's such a hodgepodge. Like you only knew what their real, real identity was, was like a random game. So you had to find maybe the Seahawks game, but then the defense was different. You know, it's just like, well, I went back and watched team. the Rams game. Cause I was like, Oh, there's Ra- some similarities here. Right. You yeah. Know, DNA is shared. And then you go back yep. and you watch that Rams game. Jayon Brown is starting at linebacker healthy scratch. Now it's yep. not even just injuries that have shifted their lineups. They've really, changed a lot of who they are and who's in the game and like what Zach Cunningham has given them. We'll get into all of that. So there's so much to get into. But with the Titans for me, it's, you know, I'm not saying we throw out what they've been for a huge chunk of the season, but it's not as relevant as it is for most teams because this is a different version of this team. You have the receivers back, even against the Texans, right? You could kind of feel the juice. You know, you watch AJ Brown and Julio on the field again together. It's like, okay. And now yeah. we get Derrick Henry back in the mix. Who knows how many yep. snaps, but you know, this is the get-off-the-bus Titans team that we were excited about coming into the season, and now we get to see it again. On the other side, you look at Cincinnati, and you know this version of them, what they've been over the last month, and how they've just said, all right, our best player is our quarterback, and yep. we're going to let him decide whether we win or lose games. You know, For the yep. first half of the season... They were in the middle of the pack in terms of neutral situation pass rate. Felt like they were easing him back in at times. And now they're letting him rip. Over the last month of the year, they're fifth in neutral situation pass rate. They are slinging it all over the yard. And that's allowed their best players to take center stage at the most important part of the season. Yeah, and that's what's let them. The the easiest ways to like negate a poor O-line or a below average offensive line is one, running the ball. And like, that's just, it's just easier to go forward than backwards. And that's kind of funny with, <laughs> they're also not at, very good at that though. <laughs> yeah, I know if you watched the right guard last or uh left guard, last, right guard last week, it was uh there's some, there's some, some iffy plays in there, but also, and when you're throwing the ball and help out the offense lines, getting the ball out quick. And originally that was, Oh, quick game, quick game, quick game. But now, and you can see the, the Bengals really have found their way because Joe Burrow is such a quick operator is they're able to get to five step concepts, even seven step concepts. Like with him getting the ball out as soon as he hits the back foot. I mean, last week was the epitome of it, like just against Max Crosby and how they're trying to get rid of the ball. Everything was out in like two, two and a half seconds. That is a way that they, that's like their way of attacking the run, basically. It's like, like how, their way of getting the shorter passes is running five step concepts because then they get the intermediate and the short pass on that kind of stuff. And Burrow is so quick getting it out. Then it's like, oh, let's just get it to our best players. That's why you spend a second rounder on T. Higgins, a top five pick on Chase. You know, Tyler Boyd was a second round pick. And then we're going to talk about everyone's favorite player, including mine, because now I've learned his name, CJ Uzoma. Uzoma? Uzoma. Uzama. Uzoma. How can you Uzama. not get this right? It's not ah. that hard. Uzama. I know. CJ Uzama. Uzama. It's not no, that hard. No. I, I'm blaming my own uh, uh, phonetic spelling there because I, I actually messed it up. So I know. I try. I want to learn his name because he's a good freaking player. How are you 80 years old? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I for sure get this from my dad, too. That's why he I, I give nicknames to everybody. And then that that's, it just makes it so much easier. That's why we have Skarsgård on the, on the Rams for the rest of his rest of his career. So let's kind of extend that conversation you were having about the Bengals and their offense. I want to start on that side of the ball because cool. that to me is a fascinating matchup. And yeah. so it's always fun when you 
prepare for these shows. And you get to go back and really dig into a team a little bit. And we talked about the Titans defense a little bit earlier this year. And I went back and I watched you know, three, four games over the last couple of days. And I'm watching this group and I'm like, I really like this team. Kind of I fun. really <laughs> like, I just, so you look at it. To me, one of the most, I love digging into the stats with these is so much fun. You just kind of open true media and it's like, all right, what is available to me? It's a cornucopia of everything. You can chase any little curiosity that you have. Yeah. The Titans were the only team in the NFL this season to run cover one, cover two, cover three, and cover four for at least 100 snaps. That's pretty cool. Right? That's pretty cool. And that's it's like one of those where it's eye test match that, of course. <laughs> you, that is exactly how it looks. Yep. When you watch this team, and that's why I think it's such an interesting contrast to what the Raiders do. Yeah. Because when you watch the Bengals yes. last week, one of the reasons that they were able to get the ball out so quickly, and some of the numbers that you mentioned I think are perfect. So last week against the Raiders, Burrow, like you mentioned, 47% of his throws out in less than two and a half seconds, according to Next Gen Stats. The Raiders only had a 16.7% pressure rate. It was their lowest of the season. One of the reasons that's possible is because you know what you're getting. Yeah. So your decision-making is defined before the play even happens. Yep. Against the Titans, there's no such luck with that. Correct. You don't know what you're going to be getting. So it feels like that is a problem right from the start where now it's that marriage between coverage and pass rush, right? If he has to hold on to the ball half a second more because there's a tiny bit of hesitation, what does that look like? And that's why I think the contrast between arguably the most varied coverage team in the NFL to the most static coverage team in the NFL from last week, that's a huge, huge difference for this Bengals offense. And this is exactly kind of like that's what's so fun going week to week with this stuff, especially with the playoffs when everything it's a one week season now. So it's like, OK, how did they treat this? How did they treat this? And when you're that's always the thing when it was so frustrating playing those old Seahawk teams was you knew what freaking coverage they were in and you still couldn't beat it. Like that is nothing's more frustrating. It's like offense going, we can run the ball on you. We know power is coming and you still can't stop it. But the Raiders don't really have that personnel that the Legion of Boom Seahawks had which is kind of goes hand in hand with only running the same coverage every single game. It helps when you have really good players, but that's exactly it. Why Burrow was able to operate so quick. If they went to empty defenses, have an empty check for their calls. The Raiders have one. And so if we get into empty, we know literally what they're going to be. We could close our eyes and know where everyone's going to line. That is such an advantage. It's especially if you're a quarterback that can operate like Burrow. And if and you're going to say, hey, he knows the coverage every single snap. OK, that's you know we can just nickel and dime and we're fine to throw us every single time. But that is what's so cool with this Titans team. And that's such a good stat because that's exactly when I, I'm watching this. I, I love what was cool about watching the Titans is maybe because we haven't dove into them as much as other teams, especially their defense. We have, but not to an extent for other teams. So now checking in with them again and watching it. And it's kind of fun just breaking it down. And, you know, I'm trying, I start usually when I watch games, I'll start trying to guess what, what's about to come on defense, just kind of like test myself. And they got me a couple of times because they would be on base downs. They'll be in a quarter shell. They'll hold a quarter shell. So two deep safeties right there on the run, first and second down, first and second down. It looks like quarters. They'll run man coverage, but they'll like hold the safety. He won't come down. Like usually when it's man, you know it's man. Everyone's aligned over a guy. The strong safety is aligned over the wide tight end. And man coverage, this is how you can discern it, is if you're playing a team that plays match and man, is like bodies. So if the strong safety is on the tight end, that's probably going to be man coverage. So, But what they do 
is. It Their like safeties are interchangeable is, though, which yep. is really, really nice. It's so cool. It, it, they hold quarters, hold quarters, hold quarters, snap of the ball. That safety screams down. But they, if you look at, you're like, this is quarters. I know exactly what coverage this is. But I know that doesn't sound crazy. It's like, oh, it's quarters and man. But when you're a quarterback that wants to operate quickly and all of a sudden you have to go, oh, shit. Like, and you have to rethink about where you're about to go with it. That changes a lot. If you, you're like, hey, oh, that's man. I'm the, or I'm sorry, it's quarters. I'm going to attack for running stick. Okay, I'm going to throw this stick route right there. Oh, it's man. Uh, okay, where's my number two throw? If you have a bad O line and you have to hold that ball for an extra half second, like that stuff can add up. It can start kind of, and when you have a Titans defense that has a pretty kick-ass defensive line across the board, it's like, okay, okay, we can kind of see where it's a way, way big difference for this, uh, what this Bengals offense is going to play against and how Joe Burrow is going to have to operate. So they were 60% too high before the snap, which is the fifth highest rate in the league. And that's what they look like, right? And it's funny because I didn't expect the Titans to be in this group, but they look like I expected modern defenses to look like coming into the mm-hmm. season, right? And then over the rest, there are two trends, I think, that kind of defined defensive football in the NFL in 2021 yeah. to a certain extent. One is just the increase in two high shells, and which allows you to be more unpredictable, right? If you're lining up in a two high shell, you can play anything. That's yep. one of the benefits. Who's rotating where? Yep. The Titans use that to great effect. And the other thing that they do, more than any other team in football, especially on early downs, the Titans do not blitz. Okay. Yeah. They have the second lowest blitz rate in the league, about 16% of plays. Only the Raiders, I was going to say, <laughs> are lower. But the Titans also run simulated or creeper pressures on 10% of early downs, which is the highest rate in the league. So they There's don't bring more than four bodies, but they're going to do things that make you uncertain. So their defense essentially is built to make you make decisions in real time and make it hard on you without putting them in compromising positions. Because you'll see this, right? Think about when the way that the Chiefs will disguise coverage or a way like those Vikings teams under Zimmer used to disguise coverage. Those are disguises, but guys are screaming 15 yards backward (laughs) at the play and and you're putting yourself in a rough spot. (laughs) And teams that blitz a lot, it's difficult. You don't know where guys are coming from, but you're leaving yourself vulnerable because you're removing bodies from the back end. The Titans make the game hard on you without making the game hard on themselves. And that is really what you want to do as a defense. They, they had a snap against the Texans. I mean, and actually, they, I think they showed earlier in the year, too, was they were running cover zero look on first and 10. Just a normal first and 10. I, I When I'm going through it, I was watching. I was like, oh, it's first and 10. Oh, it must be two minute. They, they would be in a – if you think of the, the Dolphins against the Ravens, that it was the same look as that. It was that across the board, we're bringing heat, we're showing cover zero. But then, like you said, it's a simulated. They only bring four, and they drop everybody else out in the hot lanes. Because they're betting, they're gonna like we're gonna bait this rookie. Okay, we have all everyone mugged up. So if you run the ball, good luck. And then if you're gonna pass the ball, we're dropping two guys. I think it was maybe even three guys back into hot lanes. Everyone else was running zero, and it was like, oh, oh yeah, Jim Schwartz is with this defense. That's what it was like. One of those snaps, <laughs> I was like, I forgot that that guy is with this defense because that's the shit he would do, and it drops out. But if you're going against a quarterback, a rookie quarterback that maybe doesn't post snap operate, I know that's not Joe Burrow. But it like Davis Mills, it makes sense because you're making there's pre-snap reads for quarterbacks and there's post-snap reads. Pre-snap, boom. Hey, I think this is cover two. I'm going here. Snap of the ball. Almost every quarterback will look at the backside safety to confirm what's going on. If 
that if you have to do that every single snap, again, that's an extra half count. And sometimes you guess wrong. Sometimes you're like, I have to get this ball out because I think I'm getting, I'm think I'm getting this. And it turns out, oh shit, they actually played a soft coverage behind it. You're just making them have that extra second of holding the ball, extra second of confirming. That's what it really was. It hit Joe Burrow's gonna have to confirm this whole game. And it's every snap, like you said, it's not a lot of pressures. Then once in a while they'll bring some asshole pressure, like they brought a uh, buyer. They brought a double mug with fired through the a gap, like in the middle. It was like that's coming ass- late too from late. Yes. yes, and the t- the Texans actually had the correct protection. The center did it right, but then he had no idea that the strong safety was going to come through the a gap. So he's he's just blocking. He's like, I'm good, I'm good, and then all of a sudden he's like, Oh shit! And yeah, I mean that's like that is what this does. It's just lulls you to sleep and then brings not just like a nice easy one guy off the edge. It's like no, we're going to bring the like real stuff that's going to make you like actually have to like sort it out. It's fun. It's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be when, before I watched this defense. I, I'm just very impressed again. And I think it's a real challenge and it's why they, yeah. I think they're seventh in weighted defensive DVOA. It's a reason for that. You know, it's because yeah. they make it hard on you. You know who else just wanted to mention his name? Cause I think this is kind of indicative of why this defense has been better than we might've thought. Right. Coming into the year, they signed a lot of free agents. You know, they'd mm-hmm. spend money again up front in free agency. They had another stopgap corner in Janoris Jenkins. They spend big on Bud Dupree. They go get to Nico Autry. And we looked at this defense. It was kind of like, okay, I mean, it, yeah. how good can they be? Like, are they, If they're going to disappoint again, then why is this Titans team going to be better or even as good as the ones we've seen over the last couple of years? But they've gotten real development and progress from their young, homegrown draft picks. Mm-hmm. Christian Fulton has had a really nice season moving outside as a full-time outside corner. And Elijah Molden is a fun player. And they use him on a lot of those blitzes. He's a really yeah. solid blitzer. He's their nickel corner. So you have those guys, right? I mean, you have all of these players they drafted on these rookie contracts. Molden, Fulton, David Long, uh, yeah. Amani Hooker. All these yeah. guys playing really well this year. And I think Jeffrey Simmons, obviously, is another yeah. great example. Rashawn Evans. So, yeah. I mean, those are the guys <laughs> they need. So you look at it, and I think that's why if there's a little bit of hesitancy with Burrow holding on to the ball, that's where the pass rush can win when it couldn't win last week. And I think the other yeah. big difference is the way this group is built, Autry is going to sit over the right tackle, right? Yep. Crosby last week, he's doing Max Crosby stuff as well he should. It's one of the best pass yep. rushers in football this year. So inside dips and just a lot of counter moves and speed rushes. Danico Autry is going to take <laughs> Isaiah Prince and put him in Joe Burrow's lap. Every single time he's playing against him in a defined passing situation. They're going to crumble the pocket on that side, and they got their bendy guys on the other side. Stat that I thought was incredible. When Autry, Simmons, Dupree, and Landry are on the field at the same time, which is their nickel pass rush package, right? We have Autry caving in that side, and you got your bendy guys on the other side like Landry. 16.4% sack rate on third down. That's insane. They'll get after you. And yeah. that, it's a different sort of group than what the Raiders had last week, right? Yes. There's no Max Crosby in terms of singular talents, but that pocket is going to start getting real tight real fast if he has to tap it or pat the ball one or once or twice. It's kind of funny. It, you can see – Not, I don't think this – I mean, it may be a little bit of an intent of it, but it it's kind of has that Patriots feel where it's like they're pushing the pocket on the quarterback, pushing the pocket, but this one's so much more violent. Yes, like the, pay, and the more Patriots explosive. version. They have better players. More explosive. It's better players. Yeah, that, that's probably why. It's not these guys that are like, oh, some middle round guys. But it's, I mean, these guys, it's just every guy attacks. Like they're just like, like just really just blah, 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 blah. blah. Like just, you see a lot of hand fighting. And I don't mean that in like a like pity pat way, but more like actually like 
they're throwing jabs and haymakers trying to get to the get to the quarterback. The thing I'm so curious, and I, and this is where I saw some of the Schwartz influence too, is they get the wide rushers. You know, the the he was very known for the wide nine, and like when he was at the Eagles, it would turn into like a wide eleven with like Chris Long. Like they would be so <laughs> wide out there. I've been I'm really curious. What one thing uh, to watch is Burrow's so good at escaping contain. Like he's so good at stepping up and out. What can happen is if that pass rusher gets too deep on the pass rush is the quarterback uh, uh, breaking contain lane is up and out. So I'm curious if they kind of like throttle it back, the Titans a little bit on the edge, kind of just go, no, push the pocket. Don't worry about getting depth on it. Just push, 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 push. I wonder if that's a coaching point just to kind of take away that break glass in case of emergency that Joe Burrow has that he does so well. But it's one of those where it's like they can take advantage of it if they do, if it, you know, that might pop up a couple of times. But on all those other downs where they just run simple games, nothing crazy, just simple games, you know, just a simple twist, nothing like super long or anything like that because they just trust their guys that one of them is going to win and probably another one's going to push the pocket. So that's the difference is Max Crosby winning right at the snap of the ball compared to three or four of our guys can win within two seconds. You just got to get rid of the ball. So it's a fun, different style of pass rush, really. I totally agree. So you mentioned this week on Twitter about how a lot of those Joe Burrow go balls go to the, to the right, right side. Okay. I looked at the numbers. It's really interesting. Okay, so Joe Burrow has 99 total attempts of 15 plus air yards this year. Okay, 50 of them came outside the right numbers. So more than half by comparison, only Brady had more 15 plus yard air yard attempts this year outside the right numbers. They make up 36 percent of his total throws in that way. So Burrow likes going over there. Okay, yeah. and I, I want to say Burrow's like and it's in like near the top 10 or in the back half of the top 10. I don't know how to written down for some reason in those plays. But he's second in EPA per dropback on deep throws to his left, even though he does it about half as often. Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. So it's he likes going to his right twice as much as he likes going to his left. Also, Chase is on the left way more than he's on the right. Is so it really? it's okay. yes. So it's just all these different kind of factors that play into it. And one of the reasons I think that it's particularly important to mention that this week is that the Titans play their corners by sides. Yep. So Janoris Jenkins, since week one, has played on the left side 86% of his snaps. Defense He's hurt. Left, right. Yes, the defense okay. is left. Yep, yep. So the, so the side that Burrow likes to go to. He's yes. hurt. Yeah. It sounds like he's going to be able to play in this game, okay. but he's been dinged up. So that's something to look for. It just, I, yes. When you saw that, when you threw that out there, I was like, "Ooh, now I got to look it up. Now I got to see exactly how often he does it. And he does it at a higher clip than pretty much any other quarterback in the league on those plays. It, it's a spoilers to our, our X factor. And that's exactly what my note is for the X factor. Once we get to it, but it's like Jenkins or whoever is playing on the defensive left, because they're going to be I, we, We're on the same page, my friend. We are <laughs> they're on the be, same page. They're going to be tested about 15 times in this game. <laughs> but that's exactly it's it, a quarterback naturally throws better to the right. Uh, if, if he's a lefty, he throws to his left, but we only have one left-handed quarterback in the league right now in Tua. Uh, but that's a re there's a reason. And they don't throw outside the numbers. Uh, <laughs> no, the slants, RPS. The, there's a reason that when uh, they did same side corners and same side guys and when the Seahawks defense kind of proliferated, why you'd put your number one guy to the defense's left, to the quarterback's right, is because – that's the preferred side. So let's put our better corner over there. That's why they started putting the Leo over the right tackle because one, it's a weakness uh, usually is the right tackle over the left tackle. And also because the quarterback, you know, he's right-handed and throwing the right. Let's get pressure into his face. So it's it's funny when this kind of same sideness has kind of come up. 
it was a lot easier when you had prime Richard Sherman doing it and, and covering <laughs> and all the stuff on one side, as opposed to other guys or AJ Terrell, you know, he's the same side corner right now, but it's, that's, what's going to be really interesting is that do the Bengals notice that and are like, okay, we get the guy, get the matchup we want. Cause these guys are on the same side. That's always like something fun to watch. If teams do it. I remember the famous one was the Packers and then Mike McCarthy against the Seahawks. They did it like, where every every formation you could tell they designed it away from Richard Sherman's side. And it was really interesting to see that, like a pure game plan just focused on that one thing. I don't think Janoris Jenkins, whoever's playing there, is not to that extent, but it's always interesting to watch how a team's game plan against that. And some teams just say, you know, screw it. We're just gonna run our stuff. It'll likely be Buster Screen if it's not Janoris Jenkins. So okay. and speaking of Buster Screen, the one last thing I wanted to mention about the Titans defense, a lot of dime. In yeah. defined passing situations, they get Two their linebacker dime. off the field. So you get Crookshank. Dan Crookshank is steps in there as like their dime linebacker, and then Screen will come on in six DB sets, and that's that's important because Zach Cunningham for them has been a monster against the run, like a legit monster. And but you don't want him on the field in those passing situations. So they're trying to get the best of both worlds there because if you want to spread them out, let's say in empty like the Bengals like to do and kind of create that space in the middle for Tyler Boyd against a linebacker. You yep. want to get Crookshank and not Zach Cunningham in there in that situation. And the yes. Titans do a <laughs> conscious job of doing that in those third down defined passing looks. They use Cunningham exactly how he should be used. He's so great against the run. So, 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 so good. Like one of the best, but then he's iffy against the pass. Uh, but it's, it's so cool watching their defensive front kick ass and keep, double teams off of him and David Long because they're so good reading the game. So so they these linebackers, even if like Long's a little undersized, Cunningham isn't, but it's like they read the game so well, they're clean, so they can take advantage of it. Like they yeah. don't have to worry about shedding anybody because they can just go find ball, get ball. And that's fun. I also want to give a shout out to Kyle Pico, Peco, like 95. Dude He's is in kicking my ass. Notes. He's in is my he? notes. Oh yes. my God. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, did someone change numbers on there? Like, who is this guy? And I'm like, oh man, I've heard of him before uh, think, with the Broncos. I think my note was just doing stuff against the run. Kyle Pico. doing stuff, hold yeah. all those double teams. Like, it, I know it was he was like That's really, really fun funny. I had the same I know. thought. Oh, oh man. I know. All right, let's get to the Bengals' offense playing against the Titans' defense here. I mean, I think number one question for me it might seem simplistic, but when you're playing against this team, it's what matters. Can you hold up against the run? Yep. Can they hold up against the run? Now that Henry's getting back, who knows what his snap count is going to be? Can they hold up against the run? And you look at it, Ogunjobi's out now. He's on IR yep. after getting hurt last week. Jeez. So you got, you know, you'll BJ Hill, DJ Reader, a lot of snaps for those guys, right? Yep. I believe Josh Tupo, one of their other backup defensive linemen, is back this week. He missed last week. So that's, you need some depth there because I don't think you want DJ Reader playing 80 snaps against this Titans offensive it's line against the run. 60 number D tackle for another 60 number D tackle. <laughs> Listen, Reader is amazing, yeah. but I think you'd want some that 310 pound guy to get a blow every once in a while in this game. <laughs> so yes. outside of just the Bengals run defense and that being a huge part of what they're going to need to do, what other aspects of this matchup on this side of the ball interest you? I, I'm really excited to see this kind of package the Titans are getting to now that uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are healthy and true, 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 true two-man pass concepts. And what they are doing, that if you get the Texans, I think they ran about three times. What this is, is uh, you could call it duo pass. There's other ways to call it. But what it is, if it's single high or two high, it's like as simple as football can get. This is, this is what's beautiful when you have really good players. It's just simple football. If it's too high, we're going to run duo or we're going to run split zone. We'll run some heavy run. 
Okay, we're gonna be like a wing set or an I formation set. Okay, but if you're gonna load the box and go single high, which the Titan, you're probably gonna do against the Titans. Okay, we'll just check into duo pass. It's a real safe pass protection. It's true max protect. And then we're just gonna run two man routes, one route on each side, and we're gonna tag them. We're on, this is where you see the good stuff. This is where you see the blaze outs. This is where you see the deep cop routes. You see all this stuff. They hit it a couple times against the Texans. I think they really lean into this now that they're healthier and now that they feel better about it. But I, I'm really curious to see how many times, not just the true play action stuff with the inbreakers and all that, but true just drop back, seven step, max protect, two man routes, one on ones on the outside. So I'm curious if they get to that at all. And I think they will. I'm curious how much they'll get to it because if you start getting beat over and over again by 18 yard, 20 yard blaze outs from Julio Jones, you're going to go like, all right, let's. Let's, no, we got to help him out. Let's run cover two. We got we got clouded up, and then you you're picking your poison. That's where the tight you start running you. the ball, yep. and then you start running the ball. And I think Dave, that's if exactly you do, right. Dave, if you don't, <laughs> that blaze out that he ran against the Texans. So for people who don't, blaze out is not just yeah, an immediate out. You actually like fake a dig and then yep. come out. It is Julio is the god. Like Julio the is the blaze the out god. And yep. watching him do that, the the sell inside wasn't as hard as he typically did it, back yeah, in the day. It was like it was yeah, it was a little yeah. bit quicker. <laughs> but watching it was like when one of your favorite bands, like you see them live and they play your favorite song, and yep. you didn't know if they were gonna play it. It's like a deep cut. It was amazing to watch. I was like, yes, I'm so glad I just saw that. So, and you look at it, and one of the numbers, so a couple of the just numbers with the play action game, I, I thought were really interesting. Okay, so first eight weeks of the season. Ryan Tannehill used play action on 21.6% of his dropbacks, which is 25th among 30 qualified quarterbacks. Does not make sense, right? No. Please pass. Yeah, shut up and play the hits. Weeks 9 through 18, 27.2%, which was eighth. Over the last four weeks, 35%. We're back, baby. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) We're back, baby. So you look at it, the Bengals... 30th in the NFL this season on yards per attempt allowed on play action passes in between the numbers. 11.3 yards per attempt, which isn't necessarily surprising. You watch the Texans game, and I thought the Texans actually did a really good job on in-breakers against play action because their linebackers were just ripping back that technique, the robot technique, where you step up and then you turn and run and you have to get depth backwards. They did a really good job. Tannehill mm-hmm. had a couple that he had to eat because it was just one little second of hesitation. The Bengals linebackers are not built like that. They're, they're nope. not that athletic. So if you can get them moving one direction and then having to go back in the other, you could take advantage of that. But something I thought that was really surprising, which speaks to your point about those blazeouts, Tannehill this year on in-breaking rounds, some of this is A.J. Brown and Julio Jones missing time, but was 20th in EPA per dropback after leading the league the last two years. Just think about the Titans' offense, just conceptually. Play action, in-breakers. Play action, in-breakers. They dominated with. Well, defenses know that, Yeah. (laughs) right? There are going (laughs) to be adjustments (laughs) that happen because of that. This year, third in the NFL, the Titans were, even with their wide receiver concerns, in EPA per pass on outbreaking routes. And you saw that. You've seen some of those counters and how they're working. So if they're going to play single high, and you have those kind of de facto one-on-one matchups out there, Are you going to have those deep bench routes and those blaze outs and all of those things that we've seen from those guys? Because when you have that heat coming at you with Julio and A.J. Brown, it you can still hit those outbreaking routes. Tannehill can make those throws. Yes. So I think those could be big time part of the game plan because they look really good running them right now. It, exactly. That's why it was so notable. It was like it, it was automatic 
almost like it was like each one that they were doing was like, oh, this is easy. It was pitch and catch. It really can turn down if you don't have some, you know, badass corner out there. It can turn into pitch and catch when you have really good receivers. And it, it even if the Bengals want to run quarters, those are still one on ones on the outside. Like how quarters are structured, like you can't really run anything inside, but you can run a blaze out. You can run a deep comeback. You can run a copper out, copper out being a corner stop. But any of those deep outside or vertical attacking stuff, you still can get those matchups. So it's I I think that's where that's we always try, especially in the playoffs. What are you spamming? And I think that I think the Titans are going to go to that well once or uh, more than once or twice, maybe four or five times. One thing I'd like to see from the Bengals defense they don't bring a ton of heat. If you actually look at the percentages associated with this, these two defenses, they're right in the same neighborhood. They, the coverages aren't as varied for the Bengals, but in terms of blitz rates and all that kind of stuff, they're very similar. I would want to see them bring more heat in this game, because yeah. especially when you get to third down, Tannehill's going to hold on to the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like most quarterbacks, when you can, they can burn you with the blitz, it's because they're going to get rid of it quickly when you start bringing heat. Ryan Tannehill is going to hang on to it because yes. he wants that big play. Yep. Always. He's always wanting it. So they, Tannehill was blitzed at the ninth highest rate in the league this year. No quarterback in the league took more sacks when blitzed this year than Ryan Tannehill. It was 18. So it, he, he hunt, he's a big game hunter. Like he just, he does, he hangs back. That's one of the coolest things with Tannehill is how tough he is. Oh my it's God. It's insane. The, it is, but if you want to be dumb, you got to be tough because he sits there and he's hanging trying to find the guy. I'm not calling Tannehill dumb, but he's he doesn't care. He's not a hey, deep ball to check down. He's no, he's deep to deep to deep. Okay, I guess I'll check it down. Like that's what he does, <laughs> or get sacked, and, or get sacked, or just take a hit and get up and go. Oh, whatever. But it's it's pretty fascinating to watch. But that's why he can do those all those play action inbreakers too, is because he he's willing to hang in there. He's willing to stare a guy come down the barrel and throw it and that's one of the strengths of Tannehill sometimes it could be a weakness though all right your x factor for this game who do you got yeah I had Janoris Jenkins or whoever's starting at corner over there I, that's right I, I mean yeah. I, it's it sometimes it gets that simple but when you watch that game that the Bengals played last week I mean if you're going to leave those one-on-one matchups he's going to yeah. try to take them and can you do you have an answer I mean yep. like that simple do you have an answer and yep. I think that Again, making him think twice with what he's seeing is going to be a huge part of this. But when you have those one-on-ones, can you have a corner who can hold up? Yep. And that's going to be a massive part of this game. I mean, and that's what's so scary with those, especially with, with Chase and the chemistry that Burrow has with him is it's not just like go balls. It's just, I mean, those back shoulders, those stop routes. It's like this whole vertical tree that you have to defend. And that's what is exhausting because <laughs> it's like, okay, he didn't hit the go ball, but they hit 12 15 yarders, all those stops and uh, stops and back shoulders on you. So whoever's going to defend there, I'm curious how the Titans uh, on the flip side, and we're actually going to talk about a little bit of this on the next game, but just how they try and figure that out. Like, do they run a cloud to that side? You that's know, what I was going to say. Do you like, yeah. do you get to some of those cover two looks in ways that are a little bit non-traditional where you're sinking somebody under yeah. that and he's not ready for you too? I mean, this is the type of team where you can throw that shit out there about any team and be like, sure, that makes sense. This team yeah. will do that kind of stuff. They'll get to those things in strange ways to make quarterbacks think because that's what they've done all year. Yeah. Mine is DJ Reader. I just think that what he's going to need to be for them in the middle of that defense, he's, he was awesome last week. Mm-hmm. Drew two holding flags. He's been very good against the run. He's going to need to be. With Ogunjobi out and now the, their lack of depth at that spot, it's going to be huge. And I want to see what their linebackers do if they put them in binds in play action. Yeah. I, I think that is going to be a huge part of what happens with this game. All right, let's get to our next one here. 
Niners Packers. We've seen this movie before in the playoffs. <laughs> I know. I so I was at that 2019 <laughs> NFC Championship game, and when the team runs for 285 yards in an, in a playoff game, in like a do or die playoff game. That's like the most disrespectful thing you can possibly do. It, and that's how it felt that day. It's a weird beat up. Like some teams get beat up, but it's a weird one. It's like they just they kind of took their souls a little bit that day. <laughs> that game was like even watching it, you like felt bad. I, I remember watching that game and just being like, man, can they stop them a little bit? But nope, just kept going, kept churning the sticks and just kept going. <laughs> so we'll talk about some of the ins and outs of the running game because I think that's a hugely important part of this. And it's a different team, right? It's a different team. Yeah. It's a different season. A lot of different yeah. factors to think about, but it's hard not to ignore that when it happens so recently. So, so you know, recently. <laughs> I mean, these teams played in week three and we'll get into that, but we, they played in the playoffs with these coaches, with these yep. sorts of rosters, all of that. I mean, think about this just on a broad level. Obviously, the Packers are an immensely dangerous team. You know, they were truly the number one seed in the NFC, one of the best teams in football. And they lost more AV and war from injury this year than the Titans did. And now they're all back, baby. I know. Bakhtiari's back. Jair Alexander's back. Zadarius Smith is back. So you Looking have at this the injury team. report was hilarious. Like just like, oh, he's back too. Like Co- Randall Cobb, I think might be coming back. Too. Yeah, Randall Cobb is back. These guys, I don't even need are back at this point. MVS is hurt, so that's yeah. one thing to think about because we can get into it. They did try to take advantage of the Niners on some vertical concepts last time they played with MVS. So removing his speed from the mm-hmm. equation is a consideration. But for the most part, this Packers team is back healthy, and they are. Terrifying. I mean, it's when you have the MVP of the league and this team that is now as complete as it's been all season because Bakhtiari is now back, that's a frightening proposition. Guess what, though? The Niners are a frightening proposition. They are playing extremely well right now, especially on defense. You know, that that's what I keep coming back to. You know, you it's funny, sometimes we overcomplicate it, right? Or our feelings associated with the team are they manifest in ways that are hard for us to understand or explain. That video last week of the Niners coming out of the locker room. <laughs> the blue box. So they come out to Super Grandma by Kodak Black, and you see Trent Williams and Debo just dancing on the way out to the field. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is like the coolest team in the league. <laughs> like, yeah, I wanted to redo sometime- my our pick segment right then and there. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, I'm off. I'm off. 40 hours all the way. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the coolest, like might be the coolest team in the league. Like you think about that star power and that feel to who they are, and that's who yeah. they are. And they're playing like a team with that sort of confidence, especially on defense. So. Yeah, I mean, the Niner, the Packers are the number one seed. They're a fantastic team that is now really healthy. But this Niners team is scary. <laughs> they are yeah. a dangerous challenge for anybody. And that's kind of how this game feels to me right now. That's why I'm excited about watching it on Sunday morning and trying to avoid the outcome before I get to watch it on DVR. Shout out to Nick Cray. I actually know the guy that holds the boom. I, I also know who Nick Cray yes. You know Nick? Oh, he's funny. Kyle's Shout assistant. Yeah. Front of the pod. That's awesome. Yeah, but Nick's great. So I, I knew him back when he was at NC State. So it, it's funny uh, how the world, the football worlds, you were just like, oh, I know him. Uh, but man, that really rewatching the 49ers defense against the Cowboys offense, they, I mean, we you could kind of tell on the TV copy, they were control that whole game. Like yeah. it was not, they, the Cowboys were 
grasping at straws. They had one good drive, and that ended with an Amari Cooper touchdown um, where they brought the pressure, the 49ers did. But other than that, it just felt like the entire time the Cowboys were just on their shit. And, and when you're on their shit, just not only like eyes-wise and anticipating everything, but then also taking it to them, like being aggressive off of it, teeing off uh, up front. Their safeties were driving on everything. It's kind of really, really cool to see – we, we talk about defense's attitude and yeah. you almost want to just and they have the attitude. Team. Yeah. If you want to pick the team that almost has the most defensive attitude, like that's how it kind of feels, but it's, I get, this is another game of star power, you know, just like the, that Cowboys 49ers game, this game as well. And, but it's just really, really cool to see this defense find their voice a little bit midway through the season and now just compound it and, and really just know what they are. It's, it's cool. It, it's a really fun unit. And I'm really excited to watch against this Packers offense. That's like, I mean, so I will say very cool. <laughs> if you're trying to figure out, I mean, there are plenty of them, but if you're trying to figure out to me, the central difference between this Packers offense and the Cowboys offense, the Packers will take those one on ones. They, oh, they will. If you're going to line up in cover three and you're going to give those de facto one on ones to Devante, they'll throw him the ball 20 times. They almost yep. did in the first in the first game between these two teams. They'll do it in any way. If yep. you want to play, if you want to play press and you want to give him not a lot of space, they'll beat you over the top. If you want to give it to him underneath, they'll hit him on the back shoulder. He is Rodgers is more than happy to do that 20 times if that's the easiest easiest path here. And I think that's the biggest difference. The Packers have a complicated offense, right? They're going to win by scheme a lot, but they're also going to say our guys are better than yours in this <laughs> yes. exact way and we're going to go after you in a way the Cowboys were not willing to do. And as opposed to like maybe Tyreek Hill and, and what the, why Devontae Adams is so incredible is every route's available to him. Like he is good on every route. It's not just like, oh, you only want to run slants with him. Oh, you can't run vertical with him because he's not that fast. Oh, he only can go. No, it's like he can do everything so well. So if they get a matchup, like you say, it's the they get that matchup on the outside that we were begging the Cowboys to do basically. Uh, but like you say, they're going to be willing. It, they look at it as like a handoff. I mean, there's times yes. where he'll just throw bubbles and, and smoke throws to Devontae Adams, even if it's not the preferred look, because you can tell he's just like, I'm getting him going. Like him being Aaron Rodgers. It's just, I'm going to get him going. I'm going to get him going. I'm going to get a touch because we're just making the defense honest. We're getting him going, getting the, the feel for the ball and everything. And then they just go slant, stop, back shoulder, vertical, glance, crosser. Everything is available. So like you say, if they're very good schematically, I could see a lot of those kind of four by one concepts where it's just like, we're playing iso ball with Devontae Adams. And if you yeah. don't want to play, if you want to hang a guy back there, all right, we're going to have our MVP quarterback read out the field with plenty of weapons to work through, including Randall Cobb. <laughs> um, but like, and then also it's, I think that's the naked game as well. Like my, it's going to be available to the Packers. That's what's so cool about the Packers offense. It's the greatest hits offense. That's what we've called it. They can get to anything. It's yeah. whatever concept in your mind they can get to it and run it in a nice, efficient way with a good run game as well. Like they have a dynamic run game, like especially with the two backs. So it, it's it's interesting. I, it's one of those where I, a lot of my notes for the Cowboys 49ers matchup kind of carry over. It's like I, this is how I would see to attack this 49ers defense that could be so aggressive and might have weaknesses on the outside. So just something to keep an eye on with the Devontae matchups. So the last time these two teams played, Mosley played almost exclusively on the left side, the defense's left side. The last two weeks, he's played exclusively on the defense's right side. So just something to keep in mind. That's one difference because Ambry Thomas plays on that side. The other yep. just small tweak personnel-wise for the Niners in this game, Armstead played 41 of his 47 snaps on the edge. He's he's an okay. inside player. Now. Yeah, inside now. <laughs> so that has, that has changed. Their personnel up front has 
with now Kinlaw. I think Kinlaw played in the first time, first game between these two teams. Yep. Now Armstead is an inside player. So just little tiny tweaks with their personnel. I think those are probably the two most important things to note. Yes. I mean, that matters too. I mean, and especially what, what the 49ers do, especially on third down now, uh, just overloading fronts, you know, just kind of getting that Armstead on the matchup that they want. And again, that's what we got to commend with the Packers offense, the offensive line coach, and Aaron Rodgers is the fact that they, we have not made a big deal about the Packers playing all these backups on offensive line throughout yeah. the entire year. I mean, they've really, they've done a good job. I mean, speak to those guys. So it's curious where said last week that the fish was the left guard. It's curious where the 49ers think they have their advantage across that line. The run that I thought was best if we're thinking about just where their run game could work against this Niners team is a really good run defense. When they were running duo in the red zone, Last time these two teams played, it looked really good. And at I you. think at you. So you yep. can't give them angles. You can't let them be aggressive necessarily yep. because we're going to sit on these double teams. We're going to run right at you. And when I was watching that group, you know, Bakhtiari, you know, just back up with young guards. That's when I really had that thought where it's like this offensive Adam Stanovich, their offensive line coach, a run game coordinator, deserves a lot of credit. Like a lot of credit for just it's similar to the conversation we have about the Niners defensive line, right? doesn't matter who you throw in there. It looks uniform. They're just always on the same page. Watching those duo runs, I was like, shit, man, like (laughs) those look good. Like those guys are coming off the ball. Those are strong double teams. So that was the one run I thought they could maybe go to in this game because it negates some of the aggressiveness from the Niners. And I think that boot action, that boot action point is a a great one because this Niners team used the aggressiveness against them. If yep. they're going to scream off the edge, use it against them. And the one other wrinkle for the Packers offense that I think is worth watching, they went empty a bunch in the first game between these two teams. They were 7 of 9 for 159 yards on empty looks. 1.76 EPA per dropback, oh which God. is like eight times yeah. as good as the most efficient quarterback in football. Okay, You look at it, the Niners... We're, 32, we're 32nd in the NFL in yards per attempt against empty on third down this year. Interesting. 40 attempts on third down out of empty looks against them. It was more than a quarter of all third down passes against the Niners this season. So wow. teams and the Packers specifically clearly think yep. that is a way that you can take advantage. Niners like 40% man on third down. So you are more than likely you're going to get cover one on third yep. down. And if you think you could take advantage of those empty looks, that is a way to, and even if the play is zone, you're breaking up the zones. Yep. Right? So it's not a surprise. You kind of, you dictate to them where yep. they're so sound all the time, you feel like that's one area where you could take advantage. They have seven sacks out of empty, which that's why they're 27th in EPA allowed. But if yeah. you get the throw off, it's probably going to go well for you is how it's gone all season. And that makes so much sense because empty is usually it's three by two. And what you're doing is you have two concepts. You have a field concept and a boundary concept. So if you're only going to run one or two coverages against it, then it's a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He just goes, okay, I like this two-man concept against this man look. Or I like this three-man concept and we're going to high-low if you're going to run quarter shell against it because that's a usual check that teams can run against empty. Okay, we'll just high-low your linebacker and make him wrong. And we could just spam that all day or run a whip route or a choice route off of them. So that's, yeah, that's super interesting to run because 
Packers like doing that. He likes having somebody work over the middle and kind of read the linebacker and come back and work off of it. Devontae Adams sometimes. He's had MBS do it sometimes. I know he's he might be hurt, but they just have that guy. Randall Cobb did it for years and years. He's still there. <laughs> he's back. I uh, Three mentions of Randall Cobb on one podcast. I'm shocked right now. I'm sorry. But it's like, but that's what he'll have him do and stuff. So that's why it makes sense that why if you have a quick operator, this is why the Bengals wanted to be an empty because they're like, oh, my God, we got this genius at quarterback. Let's let him work. Okay, but your old line's got to protect a little bit. <laughs> and you can't be so static and you can't throw a quick game all the time. You have to get down the field from those attacks. But Rodgers operates so quick. He's willing to throw those slot fades. That's what he does a lot too. That's, well, that's what he hit. That, he hit that to Lazard on the first drive last game. Yep. They'll put Lazard or Devontae Adams at that number two spot to the field and run a slot fade. So you want to go, man, okay, boom, dink, right over the top and pick your poison. <laughs> that's what you have to do against Aaron Rodgers. I didn't mention this when we were talking about it. Titans 26th in the league in EPA per play against empty on third down. They've also been a bad empty team because guess what? You break it apart. It's yep. easier. It's harder for them to disguise when it's you're disguise, breaking all yeah. that stuff apart. So yep. it makes sense. They've so I would declare. be surprised that the Bengals did a lot of empty as well because that's something they do anyway. All right. Let's get to the other side of the ball here. Niners offense against the Packers defense. I mean, does it get any more complicated than can they stop the run? Like no, I understand that, that's I mean, a that's... stupid way to think about it, but that's kind of the only thing I could think about. I didn't have much notes. I, I mean, really, I just said, which run do they spam? Which one do run they get to? I think it'll be split zone, which they've really gotten to the last few weeks. Split zone is zone. You slice the tight end across. They do it with Kittle. They'll do it with the other tight end as well. Um, I could see that being used a lot because of how light the box is, the Packers play, and you're putting the linebacker in a bind because he has to read it right. That, that This is when I got hard on Troy Reader because against the 49ers, he was reading every single one wrong he like could not figure out where the ball was so especially they'll do it with the toss and that kind of screws up the flow of the defense kind of like their timing of the flow so curious if that's the coverage they get to and really my only other note i'm dead serious my only other main note was packers it's a fangio inspired defense they run a lot of robber and cut stuff jimmy g has had some issues sometimes with throwing those in breakers against it so, okay, is there any counters? Jimmy has hit a couple nice outside throws the last couple of weeks. That's really helped their offense just breathe. And like, yeah. as opposed to like, you know, it just has. It's like, okay, now they have to cover horizontally now. And so I think that's really curious is how many inbreakers can Jimmy hit? Because that's really usually how their, this 49ers offense goes, especially on third down. So they played 10 snaps of man, the Packers did, in week three. Zone heavy team. You're not going to have – those blaze outs to Ayuk nope. against the Trayvon Diggs in this game. Those easy ones where down the field layups, those are going to be harder to come by against this team. Yeah. When you look at the run game, it's kind of interesting. First time these two teams played, Niners 21 carries for 67 yards. You know, they, their run game was not very good. <laughs> few few possible reasons for that. <laughs> Trey Sermon got 10 carries for 31 yards. Trey say. Sermon has been injected into outer space. Yep. And now you have those runs going to Depot Samuel and Elijah Mitchell, which helps. The heat. Packers ran 31 plays in week three with seven or eight guys in the box on early downs. Jeez. That was 11% of their early down plays with seven to eight guys in the box all season was in this week three game against the Niners. On the year, they only had 278 of those, which was dead last in the entire NFL by 30 snaps. So, do they go to that again? Do they say, we're going to put those bodies there? What they were doing is, they were lining up in a base front, five-man front, all three interior guys squeezed between the tackles with yep. the edges super, super wide. And what so they're wide. saying with that is, you're not going to get outside on us, and you're not going to yep. create double teams. 
So what do the Niners do as a result? I think it's exactly what you said. It's that pitch back split zone where you're allowing an inside run to happen, but creating action to the outside. You're leaning into what their expectations are of you and what your counterpunch should be. Can't do it 50 times. No, but that idea of let's get inside the tackles because they're not allowing us to do that. They are not allowing us to get outside. That's the move. When you see fronts shifted toward the tight end or toward the strong side, usually it's like half a gap over. The Packers were bumping guys one man like over yeah. to Kittle's side because they're like, well, you are not getting outside yep. on us. And yep. you can do that, but no matter what, if you make a choice as a defense, you have to get, make yourself vulnerable somewhere else. You have to make a trade-off. And that's what the Niners have done by folding in a lot of these more interior runs, gap runs. They have answers for teams that play against them like that. And they'll have them ready because that's exactly yep. what Kyle Shanahan does. It's like, if A, then B, if you want to do yep. this, fine, then I'll do this. And I, that, that's what I would expect. That's what exactly it. The Packers are betting that they can have a lead or get them out of their run game before they can find the adjustment. That's what you're betting on. When you overload, you do the crazy stuff. The other run to look for, especially against that front, is counter because that's a, yes. a, 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 that's a good run against it. And the 49ers have gotten some really good snaps of counter, especially with Debo Samuel. So that's another run that they could get to as well. Any run, any passing concepts? I didn't have anything. Any pass, passing concepts you think the Niners could go to in this game that you would be looking for? Sale, uh, something outbreaking uh, where it's going to look like some, one of their benders or double inbreaker type routes, and they just play off of that. Um, I think you know, especially in the playoffs, it becomes a one week season. You really try to throw your changeups as much as possible. It's like no yeah. fastballs this week. We're throwing change up. We're junk pitching this week. So I want to see how many outbreakers really the 49ers get to. I just say sale. That's more of the deeper concept. But anything like that, the high lows, whether they're I think it's going to be a lot more of those double corner kind of high lows where it's it's almost a smash concept, like a traditional smash concept, uh, uh, which is corner and a shorter route for that smash. I'm trying to I'm trying to get better at explaining every Thanks, single buddy. term. I was, I was going to make you do yeah. it. So I appreciate yeah. you getting so, to do it on your own. Yeah. So smash China, China means corner hitch. When you hear that, it means the same thing. It's an outside high low with a corner. So I am curious if they get to more of those, just kind of how the uh, 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 the Packers like to play on defense. All right. Who's your X factor for this game? I have Devondre Campbell. And really, it's he was for, one of my two. Yeah. Okay. It's really just for what we said. It's if they are going to you know have everyone playing across the board and they put that one linebacker in a light box, He's got to be right a lot of times. He's got to at least – he doesn't have to make the tackle every time, but he can't be a gap out of place. Uh, he did that a lot like, last gosh. game where he was pushing things back inside, just yep. affecting plays even if he wasn't making tackles. It was a huge he's part a of why team, the run defense was good in that game. He's a team defender this game. It's not like he's going to – he might end up with 12 tackles, 15 tackles, but it's more – you know, like run guys back. It's like a zone defense in, in basketball. It's like, no, I'm, I'm just a body presence, so you can't drive into here. That's really what he's going to be trying to do. And I, I think it's huge on him and in the pass game as well if he's out on the field because that, that's what the 49ers like to do. They like to attack the interior of the field. That's where Jimmy G throws his best balls. So how does he play up and back on the play action stuff? How does he flow? I think he'll be all over the place. He's He's been outstanding this year, but it's going to be really a lot of plays are going to come down to really how he plays. My other one was Kaywon Williams, but six snaps last game. These two times, last time these two teams played, and you think about it, we talked about it. The slot fade on the first drive out of empty, mm-hmm. just the amount of times they're going to put Devontae in the slot at times in order to create matchup advantages. It, he's going to have to have a nice game. 
And if they try to put him in one-on-one situations, he's going to have to make a play or two because yep. the Packers look for those specifically. And they did it a bunch in the first game, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this this game's going to be awesome. I, I'm fired up for this one. <laughs> Just one more thing to keep an eye on before we get to how the Niners could win this game. Just the matchups in the trenches, right? So David Bakhtiari obviously back. We'll see which side Bosa plays on more if they'll put him over the right tackle. It feels like Billy Turner, who's missed some time, could be back for the Packers instead of Dennis Kelly. So just something to watch. We know how good that Niners front is. On the other side of the ball, this Packers front four, they've been a really good unit all year. It's been one of the reasons this defense has been so much scarier and had so much more teeth than it's had over the last couple seasons. So now, I mean, you have Preston Smith going against the right side of that line, potentially. Kenny Clark was a beast the last time these two teams played. He really handled the interior of that 49ers offensive line. And obviously, Rashawn Gary has taken a huge step forward. They're getting Zadarius Smith back. If they can force the Niners into throwing the ball, if they can build a lead, this pass rush unit against that group from San Francisco as pass blockers is an advantage for the Packers decidedly. So just some particular matchups up front that I feel like could help dictate and determine who ends up winning this thing. Yep. Very quickly, how do the Niners win this game? What is the recipe? Oh, they they just move those chains. They get into a lot of third manageables. They don't get put in third and long situations where the Packers can play their soft coverages and rally, rally down with their two good safeties. Uh, Jimmy G hits enough throws to keep them going. Their defense, I don't think it's not that they're like world-breaking performance, but they play how they can. They get a couple sacks, maybe a turnover and force it, and where it's just the 49ers can control the clock. I mean, that's what we know with a Kyle Shanahan team, and I think it's just even more when you're going against an Aaron Rodgers-led team. That makes total sense. Just really quickly, it looks like Trey Hendrickson is out of concussion protocol as we're recording this. It looks like Fred Warner is going to play. You know, okay. we talked about cool. Norris Jenkins. I mean, it feels like these guys are going to play. You know, dinged up or not, it feels like we're going to get these teams mostly at full strength, which is exactly what you want to see. All right, that's all we got. If you're listening to this first, please come back and listen to our Sunday divisional round preview that is also going to be out on Friday. Should be out a little bit later in the morning, but uh, please be on the lookout for it. For now, appreciate you guys listening. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. And please go listen to our divisional round Sunday preview. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.